Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. It is nearly Passover. So please look in the link below and register for the upcoming Passover feast. Greet one another in the chat. And again, thank all of you. Thanks to all of you for your support and continuing to tune in and learn the Torah as we grow together in the mitzvot, the commandments of Yahuwah. We're in Torah portion Zav today, which means command. And it comes to us from Vaikra Leviticus, chapter 6, verse 8, or 6, verse 1, depending on your translation. 6, verse 8, and extending all the way through chapter 8, verse 36. What's interesting to note with this week's Torah portion, it's kind of a repeat of the narrative of last week, getting a little bit further into the first off, the Torah, the law of the burnt offering. We looked at that last week. The Torah, the law of the grain offering, the law of the sin offering, the law of the trespass offering, the law of the peace offerings, goes in to talk about fat and blood and how they may not be eaten, and then the portion that is set apart for the Kohanim. So what we're going to look at today is the Hebrew words that are used here for the offerings, and also the big picture, because next week's Torah portion, we're going to see the downfall of the sons of Haron as the priesthood did not really last that long, did it, whatsoever, before the profane fire of Aaron's sons. So what I want to look at today is big picture. Yes, I want to look at the offerings. I want to see how they relate to us as believers in Moshiach today. But I also want to see how this relates to our walk in the priesthood. Because really it's about a walk of honor or, by default, a walk of dishonor. Because one priesthood, the higher priesthood, is the priesthood of honor. And the lower priest priesthood, which is carnal, witnessed by Aaron and his sons. And later in the Tanakh, you'll see the same witness of dishonor in that priesthood. And it relates to us today, because by default, we have been trained by all the propaganda to react and act and live lives of dishonor. But when we come to the higher priesthood and the higher calling, then our life dramatically changes. Our interaction with people changes. We should change in our families, our relationships to our husbands, our wives, our children, and those around us. There are good people in the world, and there are evil people in the world. And sometimes our, our, our paths will cross. What will we do? How will we act in those days? Well, that's the decision that we make regarding the interaction of the priesthood and how we are to reflect that in our lives. And I think you're going to see that in this week's Torah portion. 
So let's jump in. Remember, sign up for the Passover. It is not that far away. And if you are not able to travel to Oregon, then we have Passover feasts all over the world, and you can find them at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. Remember, there's Shabbat Fellowship. We have groups that meet six days a week where you can connect and find people in your area or even not in your area. You can still make relationships with people the world over because Yahuwah is gathering all 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. And we're blessed that you're tuning in this Shabbat. And we come to Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 6, and the 8th verse, it is written, And Yahweh spake unto Moshe, saying, Zav, command Achron and his sons, saying, This is the Torot, the law of the burnt offering. It is a burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar. That can sometimes be translated onto the half, the half the hot place. The Hebrew word here is mispach, mispach, and it's spelt mem zayin bet chet. We're there, thank you. It is spelt by the Hebrew word mem zayin bet chet. Now, if you have a Torah scroll or you have a JPS Hebrew, um, you can look in that right now, and you can see that this is one of the titles of Moshe, spoken about in Matthew 5, verse 17 through 19, the jots and titles of Moses. This is one of those such places, because the Hebrew word here for altar, sometimes translated in the King Jimmy as half, is mizbach. But the mem, the first letter of this word, is made deliberately small. Why? Well, there's the teaching. The teaching is the altar of our hearts. The mem, of course, represents chaotic waters, like unto the womb, a birthing, a birthing, and the soul, meaning what? Our approach to Yahweh, Romans 12, is to be a living sacrifice, and we are to be humble even when we come across chaos. Like I said at the beginning, sometimes in life you will meet good people and sometimes your paths will cross with chaos, evil people. And you cannot do anything to change them. But what you can do is choose to walk in honor, and then Yahweh will see you through. And that's part of your life's journey, is how we act and react when we come to the chaotic waters of life. We're to be humble and to walk in honor, and no matter what chaos comes at us, no matter what evil is thrown at you, you have a power to discharge it through righteous, holy living in honor, and that's the priesthood. That's what our master taught us. That's what I want to live, and I pray that's what you want to live. Join me together as we learn more how to live as a living sacrifice unto Yahuwah, regardless 
of whether we walk and bump into good people or wicked as hell people. It doesn't matter to me and it shouldn't matter to you because Yahweh will see us through when we approach his altar as living, living sacrifices. And the priest, it says now in verse 9, command Zav Aaron and his son saying, this is the Torah of the burnt offering. It is a burnt offering because of the burning upon the Mizbach, small mem, all night unto the morning. And the fire on the altar shall be a burning on him. Depending on how you want to translate that from the Hebrew, the burning of the altar is upon him because he is the one who is a witness always unto the faith that you and I shall live. Who's the him, of course? It is the Mashiach himself. Verse 10, And the priest shall put on his linen garment, garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar." And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall burning be in it. It shall not be put out and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall be a burning upon the altar, and it shall never go out. Think about Revelation chapter 11. The two witnesses are a witness to that altar. And even though the enemy, there may be chaos that comes upon them, they will be raised up. That witness is never to go out. And we are to keep our witness on fire for Yahuwah, not ever to go out. And this is the law, the Torah, verse 14, of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before Yahuwah, before the altar, and he shall take of it his handful of the flour of the meat offering and the oil thereof, and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering, and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor even the memorial of it unto Yahuwah. Verse 16, And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat. With unleavened bread shall it be eaten in a kadosh, holy place. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall eat it. It shall not be bacon with leaven. I have given it unto them for their portion of my offerings made by fire. It is most kadosh, holy, as is the sin offering and the trespass offering. All the males among the children of Achron shall eat it. It shall be a statute, a chuk, a chukim, forever in your generations concerning the offerings of Yahuwah made by fire. Everyone that touches them shall be most kadosh, holy. And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they shall offer unto Yahuwah in the day when he is anointed. The tenth part of an ephah of fine flour for a meat offering, a perpetual half of it in the morning, and half thereof at night. 
In a pan it shall be made with oil, and when it is bacon, thou shalt bring it in. And thou shalt bacon pieces of the meat offering, shall thou offer for a sweet savour unto Yahweh. That's your prayers. That's my prayers. That's our songs. That's our contrite heart before Yahweh. A sweet savour going up into the nostrils of Yahweh. That is the requirement for you and I and how we are to live. Verse 22, and the priests, we are priests, are we not? Are we not? And the Kohanim, the priests of his sons, that is anointed in the stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto Yahuwah. It shall be wholly burnt. For, for every meat offering for the priest shall be wholly burnt. It shall not be eaten. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his son, saying, This is the Torah, the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is killed, shall the sin offering be killed before Yahuwah. It is most holy. The priest shall offer it for a sin and shall eat it. In the Kadosh, holy place, shall it be eaten. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whosoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be Kadosh, holy. And when there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon any garment, thou shalt wash that whereon it was sprinkled in the holy place. I mean, metaphor here, really, if you and I, dead in our sins, we come into contact with the cleansing of Mashiach, and then we are sprinkled by his blood, and then we exchange our garments, which are as filthy rags, for his garments, then we are in right standing and can now operate as priests in the kingdom. But before that, you and I are disqualified. There, we have to reach out on our half, our heart, and touch the Mashiach. There needs to be a transference of His blood to cover our sinful filthiness, and then we need to exchange our garments because there's nothing I can do or you can do that is going to bring forth righteousness by itself to pass us from this life into the next life. We need a change of status, a status correction, and that can only happen through the Mashiach. Does that make sense? There's so much metaphor here, I know you can dig it out. I know you can glean it out. Verse 27, we see again, Whoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be whole. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. What is he saying? Be partakers of me. Come and accept what I have done. Or are you going to fight it? Or are you going to fight it? And there shall be sprinkled with blood thereof upon any garment. Thou shalt wash that whereon it was sprinkled in the holy place. No matter what you've done, any garment. Too many times we struggle with self-worth. Oh, I, I, he could never forgive me for what I have done. How can I approach him? Oh, my goodness. That is why we have a greater mediator than the one right here. We have a greater mediator than Moshe. None of us are righteous. Some people pretend to be. 
But it's all sin in the eyes of Yahuwah because our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we have to get over that feeling of not feeling valued, not feeling self-worth, because Yahuwah is merciful. Merciful. That's why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He's like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. And there's no way. Because he wanted the wrath of Yahuwah to be poured out on the heathen. But he knew that if Yahuwah sent him to Nineveh and he proclaimed a message, that Yahuwah is so merciful and so good and so just that they might just end up getting saved. And sometimes we'd like to have our vengeance. But vengeance is mine, saith Yahuwah, right? So we have to wait for him. We just have to stay in honor and he will take care of the rest. Look at verse 28. The earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. And if it be sodden in a brazen pot, it shall be both scoured and rinsed in water. We'll get into that earthen vessel because that's you and me later. All the males among the priests shall eat thereof. It is most kadosh, holy. Verse 30. And no sin offering whereof of any blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile with all the kadosh, holy place, shall be eaten. It shall be burned in the fire. That's a good bit of word for you and me to meditate on, isn't it? Now, You've got to glean out Yahushua from that. You've got to glean out the Mashiach. You've got to glean out Romans 12 living sacrifices from it. But ultimately, like I said, this is a battle between honor and dishonor. And no matter what man tries to do, what, no matter what priesthood man tries to put in, no matter what generational sons and daughters are brought forth, there was a priesthood of dishonor, and then there is a priesthood of honor. What do I mean? Next week, we're going to look in at the death of Aaron's sons because they did not last very long at all, did they? Because they were acting in their own might and strength. And they were acting in the sin of presumption. The sin of presumption. But it happened again, did it not? With two other sons of the priest. And who was that? Well, you'd have to go to Samuel Olive, 1 Samuel, in chapters 1 and 2. Yes, next week, in next week's Torah Parsha, we see the failures of Achron, his sons, Nadab and Avihu. But we see that this priesthood is ultimately about, brethren, a battle for our hearths, our altars, our hearts, a small mem, a mizbech that must be made small because it's a battle of honor or dishonor. What do I mean? The ultimate battle for the priesthood. There's a prophecy between two priesthoods, one birthed in shame that brought about a great deal of pain. And today... Brethren, there is so much shame and pain, it's something that stalks the generations. And it stalks the heart of man until he becomes transferred to another priesthood. The evil that is out there in this world today that I know is banging up against so many of you, and you come into contact with evil people. 
you need to realize that these people are living in pain and they are bringing about their own shame because it is birthed always dishonor from pain and it brings about shame accusations wickedness covetousness and greed the life of dishonorable people and sometimes you and i end up banging into these people there are pockets of chaos in this world and yahuwah allows them to be there to test us to challenge us and to see how we shall live too when we come across such chaos we have to choose brethren it's nobody else's fault but mine and yours on how we react in the chaos it doesn't matter what people do to you it doesn't matter what people accuse you of if you can stand in honor then yahweh will be your shield your defense and your buckler and it will just be part of your life and you will become more powerful you will become more prophetic and you will be a bigger witness to his kingdom if you stay the course take it from me i know because that is what i am currently going through in my life and 3 years ago i fought it but now it is bringing me such revelation and it is bringing such amazing gifts into my life that i could never ever have known it and i would have fought it in my natural man but now i see and it's a gift that i want to share with you and i know that yahoo wants his people to know because we will be able to navigate through chaotic waters we will not run we will not fight but just like our mashiach we will accept and yahweh will see his people through that's what this week's torah portion is about i hope you're as excited as i am to glean out the equity of yahusha that is always in the scriptures does that make sense because he is our sacrifice he is our altar he is our priest and he is our redeemer but you've got to transfer out of fighting out of dishonor and you've got to transfer into a higher realm and this my brethren is what i want to share today because pain and shame pain and shame pain and shame that is all that the heathen know and many times as believers by default because we were lost too we get stuck in that cycle but there is a higher way in which to live and that is accepting and honoring accepting and honoring and then yahweh then does what he did for abram when he went out to the valley of the kings and he defeated the kings you and i will defeat the kings too by standing in that realm it's a malkitzetic realm it's a malkitzetic realm sin's origin listen sin's origin is always unaddressed pain 
Why do you sin? Why do I sin? Why did I live so much of my life in sin? I was in so much pain. And I didn't address it. So I tried to find the balms of Egypt to plaster over my wounds. And whatever concoctions they offered me was witchcraft. Drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, all of the filthiness of Egypt is a balm to try and soothe the pain. But it always brings shame because the wound isn't healed. There's a higher calling. Sin's origin is always unaddressed pain. Did my earthly father, does he love me? Did he love me? I don't know if he loved me. He died and left me. Oh, man, I'm so angry. Ah, oh, but there's some alcohol. Oh, there's some drugs. Oh, there's somebody that's going to hold my hand and stroke my flesh to make me feel better. Oh, that's what I'll do. Oh, I could go and damage some property to get rid of my aggression. I never addressed the pain, and it ended up in shame. It's always bringing about this uncountable amount of shame that results in an unlimited amount of pain in my life. And then I get stuck in a cycle of addiction and brokenness. Is there anyone that can relate? I know you guys are so much holier than I, right? Is there anyone that can relate to getting stuck in a cycle of addiction and brokenness? You see, one priesthood, no matter how much you whitewash it and plaster it, one priesthood is birthed from sin. What was the sin? It was the sin of the golden calf. And unless that pain, that breach is healed, there is always going to be shame. And who's the only one that could breach the golden, that could heal the breach of the golden calf? Who's the only one? Yahusha. So until there is that healing of the breach, is there always going to be pain and shame, pain and shame, pain and shame? And is it going to stalk the generations of that priesthood? Well, let's see. Did the stalking of the generations begin with Nadab and Avihu? Yes. And then it went and stalked the generations of Eli and his sons. Correct? The same, same thing. Because sin's origin is always unaddressed pain. It always brings uncountable shame and results in unlimited pain. Don't get stuck in the cycles of addiction and brokenness. One priesthood was birthed from sin, but there is another priesthood that is birthed from covenant fidelity and honor. One brings a ministry of shame, and the other brings a ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation to your past, 
reconciliation to the future blessed hope and reconciliation to those that hate you, to those that use you, to those that falsely accuse you. You can have shalom and be unaffected. It's available to us. It is the kingdom now. There's no fear because there's no shame and there's no pain because there's reconciliation. It's powerful. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 35. I'm going to get through this teaching in 30 minutes today. Stop your watches. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart, upon my hearth, upon my altar. It's going to change my mind. Get rid of the stinking thinking. Get rid of the pollution. Didn't Jeremiah talk about it, that in the 31st chapter? He's going to be a new priesthood. It's going to be the house of Ephraim, Israel, and Judah. And I will firmly establish this house. It's going to be a different line. And he will minister before my Mashiach always. Meaning that fire, that altar of yours is always going to be hot. And you're to be ministering before Yahushua always. Just as with Aaron and his two sons, Nadab and Avihu, in the Torah, we find in the prophets another priesthood birthed in pain that brings about shame because there wasn't healing from the sin of the golden calf. This is about our lives because all of you have been hurt. All of you have been disappointed. And many of you, not all of you, but many of you, have looked to the balms of Egypt to try and get healing or distraction from those painful wounds. I was the king of it. I was the king of Egypt. I walked hand in hand with Pharaoh, a metaphor for Lucifer, for many years of my life. Because there was so much pain that I looked to Egypt to get healing from. And all that did was bring about more shame until I realized that there was the balm of Gilead that could truly, truly penetrate my very heart, my very soul, and change my spirit. That's a transference. So this is what we see. One priesthood operates in a carnal realm. And it is stuck in a cycle of addiction. And another priesthood operates outside of a carnal realm. And it operates in a cycle of honor. Acceptance and honor, or acceptance and honor, or acceptance and honor. It's a cycle. And if we fail to discern between the priesthoods, 
then our ark will be removed on the day of judgment. Achron's sons and Eli's sons stood outside the gates. They stood outside the tabernacle and they waited for the carnal pleasures of the flesh. I mean, none of you have done that. I've certainly never done that. I mean, how many of you have been outside the gates looking for the pleasures of the flesh? Come on. It's the flesh that wrecks the priesthood. It's always the flesh that wrecks the priesthood. Once the ark is removed, the presence of the living Elohim is no longer present. We need to keep our faith and our connection to Yahuwah crazy on fire for Yahuwah. Like David. Even if people think you're a little, it's okay. They think I am. That just encourages me further. It's okay. Walk along the streets praying and prophesying. Who cares? Pray in public. Read your scriptures in public. Go and meet a brother in a restaurant and pray and bring your Bible and be a witness to those that are seeking the balms of Egypt. You'll be amazed at what you see happen. We need to be committed to the ordination of the priesthood in our lives. And the Passover is coming, so we've got to get right before the Passover. That's why I want this message. Yahuwah's house under a Levitical administration of Torah is one that brings pain and shame. And if we live a life outside of the priesthood of Melchizedek, we'll never come into the fullness and the blessings that Yahuwah wants us to live. The lesser priesthood had its arm, meaning a metaphor for the right of rule, cut off. But the greater priesthood takes you right into the heart of the tabernacle to hear the very voice of Yahuwah. One priesthood could not constrain its wicked sons, the other priesthood sets aside the first, that's what Hebrews chapter 7 is all about, and it ushers in a new connection, a new anointing, but you have to tend to it daily. You have to tend to it daily. It must crush the flesh and keep the heart malleable and supple towards Yahuwah, and we must be quick to address our pain. Because if we don't, it's going to bring about shame. Yahushua said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 30, think about this, the, the, I'll qualify the statement, the greater priesthood had its right to rule because of the outstretched arms of Yahuwah, a metaphor for Yahushua on the tree. But the lesser priesthood had its arm cut off, its right to rule cut off. Does that make sense? The arm is the right to rule. So Yahuwah's outstretched arm that is going to deliver you, whether it be from Egypt or later from the kingdoms of this world, a metaphor for Yahusha, the outstretched arm of Yahuwah, your deliverance is because he has the right to rule. 
The lesser priesthood's outstretched arm was cut off, meaning its right to rule was cut off. So in Matthew chapter 5 verse 30, what's Yahushua talking about? He's talking about this. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Meaning, if you fall into sin and you do not address it immediately, you will lose your right to rule. It will be cut off. The greater priesthood shall be elevated daily to do according to Yahuwah's heart, to be a sure house and to walk with Yahushua forever. Read First Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. If you're trying to keep the Torah commandments today under a Levitical administration, and many in the Messianic movement, movement believe that, then realize you have no authority to do that. Your right to rule was cut off when the temple was destroyed in 70 of the common era. You don't have the right to rule under that administration. That's a ministration of pain and shame. And you cannot redeem that. Scripture doesn't provide a Levitical option for you in Yahushua. I'm just saying. I mean, we have to look at our service and approach to Yahushua because it's supposed to be through prayer and through sacrifice. But living sacrifice is according to Romans chapter 12. When we looked at the law of the sin offering in Leviticus chapter 6 verse 21, if you look at it with analogy and metaphor, if we just touch Yahushua, like I said, we will be holy. And when there is the sprinkling of his blood upon our fleshly garments, then we're transferred. There's a transference from pain and shame to reconciliation. That's how you get the healing. Look at Leviticus chapter 6 verse 27. It is written, But the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. And if it be sodden in a brazen pot... It shall be both scoured and rinsed in water. So the earthenware vessel, and we see its appearance in the Brit Hadashah in the New Testament, because what does it represent? It represents my body and your body, the body of man, which is formed from the earth and the dust. And why do you think it had to be broken? Because when the earthen vessel absorbs a prohibited substance, pain and shame birthed in sin, sin's origin is pain and shame. When the earthen vessel, you and I, absorbs the prohibited substance, it's got to be broken. It's got to be broken. Meaning when you and I absorb a prohibited substance sin it can only be atoned for when our hearts become broken and contrite before Yahweh, and we exchange our mediation 
Egypt and its balms and its cycles of addiction, pain and shame, shame and pain for the balm of Gilead. Otherwise, we're stuck in a cycle of dishonor. And it doesn't matter how much you whitewash it, you're still going to be left with filthy garments. The cycle can only be broken through repentance. The earth and vessel can only be broken through repentance. That's how my life changed. Acts chapter 9, verse 15, it is written, But the master Yahweh said unto him, unsaid to who? To who? What? Ananias, Ananias, the disciple in Damascus, he said unto him, Arise and go, for he, who? He is a chosen vessel. But first, I am going to break that vessel. I am going to strike him down with blindness. He is going to hear my voice. He is going to be convicted and realize that what he did to my servants was because he had so much pain and shame in his life because he thought that he could attain righteousness by his garments. I am going to break that vessel. He is going to be blinded and he is going to be broken and humbled. And then when? Then. He will become my chosen vessel to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many great things he will suffer for my name's sake. And you know what? You are not guaranteed not to suffer. In fact, you are guaranteed that you will suffer. And sometimes the pain is in the process. The process is where the pain is. And you can't escape the process. So just go through the process, endure the pain by walking in honor, and you will experience the downfall of your enemies because they're still hurt in pain and living in shame. I'm blowing my own mind this afternoon as I teach. Romans chapter 9, verse 21. O oh man, who are you that replies and talks back to Yahweh? Shall the thing that is formed say to him that is formed it? Why have you made me this way? Does not the potter have power over the clay? From the same lump does he make one earthen vessel for destruction, pain and shame, and another vessel for honor. Because there's a transference. Because now that vessel can take the heat. And realizes that pain is just part of the process. You don't run from it. You accept it and you embrace it. And then you find your remedy. And it becomes part of your life. And then you're thankful for it.
First Thessalonians verse chapter four verse four each of you should know we really should how to possess his own vessel that we do not allow prohibited substances into our vessel because they're supposed to be vessels of sanctification holiness second corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 speaks of us having treasure in earthen vessels meaning the power of yahuwah is given to us through the altar service of mashiach yahushua it's through his altar service that the power transcends and comes into our vessel we need to put in the boundary stones in our life and i spoke to a couple earlier this week about this but we need to put in the boundary stones in our life we need to set up customs in our homes customs that are practiced become law customs that are practiced become law practice bible customs in your home daily at specific boundary stone times on the clock that are immovable and you will whitewash the sin away by doing things bible things daily customs that will permeate the rocks the boundary stones that are immovable and fire up the altar of your heart so many of you struggle in your marriages struggle in your families struggle with applying the word of yahuwah the festivals the feasts the sabbaths because it's all up here because in your daily homes you haven't learned that you have to bring in the boundary stones you've got to put the boundary stones in you've got to put time markers on them you've got to whitewash them and they've got to be immovable at certain times of the day you do certain bible things regardless of what's going on in the world and some days you may um, neglected to, to do that but you'll go back to the custom and it will become law it will become the law of the home certain things happen at certain times because of the boundary stones that you set up in your home our daily customs which become law would include the application using an analogy and metaphor of the following there are three and we see the tamid the continuous offering two sheep were put upon the altar continually as an olah ascension offering then there was the am offering at the third hour the mincha and then there was the pm offering at the ninth hour the mariv and along with the tamid offering they offered a mincha and a libation of wine and from these offerings we see it in the book of daniel this is where the thrice time of prayer came three times a day shema israel yahweh elohino yahweh baruch shem kevod malchuto leolam vayed three times a day that brings in what a boundary stone at a certain time which brings in a custom that then becomes law the altar speaks to the believer's heart. 
So the requirement to have the fire burning continually on the altar demonstrates that our hearts should be kept continually aflame through prayer and petition, custom and tradition, which becomes the family law. Bible customs, Bible traditions. In the Messianic movement, we're like all against tradition. Yes, Talmudic tradition and a bunch of church tradition, but bringing out the scripture, you've got to put traction. You've got to put traction to what's up here. You've got to put traction to what's up here. We've got to put traction on the ground. Okay, so now I'll digress, but I'll, 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 I'll connect it. I like fast cars. I really do. I've got a really, I drive a really fast car right now. 856 horsepower, 900 pound feet of torque. Now, if I switch the fuel on it, I can get it to 900 horsepower with 900 pound feet of torque right off the start. What do I mean? So many of us are running around with all this horsepower. We got all this juice up here, all of this knowledge, all of this. But then you've got no pound feet of talk. You've got no Bible things, Bible ways, boundary stones, customs and law in your family homes. And therefore you can't get the power, horsepower, to the ground. And if you can't get the horsepower to the ground, then you're going to have a slow start and a long burn. But don't you want to get all of this to your generations? You've got to get the horsepower to the rear wheels, and that's called pound feet of torque, okay? Now, I learn all this through my son because he absolutely loves the horsepower too, too. But it's calling, putting that traction to the ground. You have to put the horsepower to the ground to get the race car going, and that is called pound feet of torque. Do you know why so many generations don't follow in the footsteps of their fathers? Because their fathers neglected to put down pound feet of torque in the family home. I hear about it all the time. I've seen it in my own home. The power of faith has no practical pound feet of talk if you just leave it in here. It's all about studying and what you know and, oh, it's this and it's that. Okay, well, that's all horsepower. And that's great. I love horsepower. All the horsepower of faith is conceptual, brethren. All the horsepower of faith is conceptual. It's a belief. It's an idea. There is no real talk to it. No family immovable boundary stones in relation to commandment keeping. Thus, no family customs, no family laws. You have to have immovable boundary stones in your life. Otherwise, the world will move you. 
This is why the prophet put down pound feet of talk on the highways of Babylon. Custom became law and his three daily prayer times were talked around the altar service. The third hour, nine o'clock, called the Mincha. The sixth hour, 12 noon. And the ninth hour at 3 p.m. called the Mariv. It gave him the traction to live an immovable life in the face of huge trials and difficulties. Horsepower, HP, with a low amount of pound feet of torque, and that is LBTTQ, not to be confused with. That is HP, horsepower, with a low amount of pound-feet of torque, that is L-B-F-T-T-Q, not to be confused with, will bring about a slow start with a fast climb, but the downside is you'll never make it to be victor at the finish line. How many, I know I have, how many people have you seen come into the faith, kind of slow starting, and then all of a sudden it's a fast climb, and then you're, 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 you're coming near the finish, we're coming near the fi finish line, and I look behind, where, where, where are, where did they go? Because they had all the horsepower. Oh, rah, 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 but they couldn't put it down to the ground in the family home. They couldn't connect the power in the family home. That is through custom and tradition that becomes law. Because you've been trained by the messianic movement in the church. Well, not the church, because they love tradition, but that's pagan traditions. And then the messianic movement, it's Jewish traditions. But we do Bible traditions that bring the scripture to life at certain times of the day. Because that is pound feet of talk. L-B-F-T-T-Q. We could put that on a t-shirt. Come up with our own flag. That would confuse the heck out of everybody, wouldn't it? H-P. And LBFTTQ, tortured of tribes, 900 horsepower and 900 pound feet of torque at my rear wheels. Custom becomes the law. Sorry, I've been listening to Joshua and Moshe for too, too long this week. That's what it is. Put your power down in the paths of righteousness. That's what happens when you have young boys in the house, okay? They're all on the auto trader all the time. Oh, look at this, and oh, look at that. All right? Psalm 55, verse 16. As for me, I will call upon Elohim, and Yahweh will save me. Evening and morning and noon. There's your boundary stones. There is your pound feet of talk. Right from the scripture, a tradition, a custom was created. And it puts the power to the metal. 
puts the power to the pavement, our walk. That's what we need because we need to be able to hear his voice. In Acts chapter 3 verse 1, we see a lame man is healed. Why? Because he went up to the temple and he knew that that horsepower was going to be put down to the ground with pound feet of talk. There was going to be a boundary stone in place. There was a custom at, that became law. And at a certain time of day, at the ninth hour, at the time of the Mareev offering, he knew that he would get the healing. In Psalm 141, verse 2, let my prayer be set before you as incense at certain times of the day. The lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. In Isaiah 56, verse 7, the sons of the stranger that join themselves to Yahuwah to serve him and to love the name of Yahuwah, to be his servant. Every person that guards my Shabbat from polluting it and takes hold of my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them full of joy in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted. That's the key word here, is to be accepted upon my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. In Daniel chapter 9 verse 20, we see that he came and he prayed and that even the man Gabriel, the Malak, the man, the angel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, claimed, came close to me and touched me around the time of the Mariv offering, the ninth hour around 3 p.m. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 8, we still see the importance with 24 elders representing the 24 courses of elders of the Malkitzedic priesthood bringing forth the incense bowls full of incense because this is our prayers of the saints. This is so powerful because we need to learn how to live. Learn how to live as those living, living sacrifices. I'll finish up here, and there's some powerful, powerful truths that I hope that you were able to capture today. The biggest thing that I see that we need is to learn to take that horsepower of our faith and get it down into the paths of righteousness that we're called to walk out. That means that in the family home, we've got to bring in boundary stones. We've got to put time stamps on those boundary stones, whitewash them. And that doesn't mean that sometimes, I mean, how many times in my house, at a certain time, we have the boundary stones, but all of it, we might go out for dinner and, oh, we didn't do it. But, you know, we go back. We know that those stones, are, we'll, we'll trip over them because we know they're there, right? They're set. And then these customs in the Nolan home, they become Nolan law. And they are all related around the Bible. And in times of chaos, it's usually my wife, she'll come to me and she say, Matthew, you know, we got these boundary stones and we've 
kind of uh, been skirting around them a bit lately, and things have got chaotic. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because the wife is the hearth of the home. The wife is the hearth of the home. Oftentimes, I'm out there trying to figure out how to get more horsepower down onto the ground. See, it's that thing in me. I've got to relax, relax. Out, fine, out, out. Need to get my oil changed, don't I? (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Praise Yahuwah. All right, so... I'm crazy for Yahuwah, what can I say? And you guys are crazy because you're still tuned in. So what does that say about you? There you have it. Let's hit the live chat, brethren. Let's hit the live chat and uh, see what you have to say. I don't know if any of you are still here. Did I lose you? Did I lose you on the, um, on the horsepower and pound feet of talk? Zista Gabriella, part of my morning devotional is to express my gratitude to Yahuwah and Yeshua for my deliverance from demon liquor by offering up thanksgiving as I put that day's number on my calendars. Praise Yahuwah. And we have to remember, brethren, to be merciful where people are coming out from such pain and shame, and then you're beating them up because they're still drinking coffee or this or that. Hang on a minute. Sister's been, was an alcoholic for so many years. You know, give her a break. Meet her where she's at, all right? You don't start banging her over the head with an organic carrot, right? Well, you're not eating organic. You shouldn't be eating that Taco Bell. Well, hang on a minute. A year ago, she was eating a bottle of vodka for breakfast. See? Mercy, brethren. All right. Twin Turbo V8 from Diesel Grandpa. Diesel Grandpa likes to put the pound feet of torque down too. But I need my glasses. For, I need some pound feet of torque in the old eyeballs here. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get it down to the ground here. There we go. If you want to get my attention and calm me the Henry down, redline me in the chat. Okay, I'm going to relax now. Relax. Relax. Shabbat Shalom, Libby Tube. There we go. She'll calm me down. Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be prepared before you as incense the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Right, let's just make sure I'm right right here. Okay. All right, let's see. Hallelujah, worship. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget. And do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. (laughs) 
Kevin Niebling, support the LBFTTQ movement. Exactly. Getting that horsepower down to the ground of faith. That's what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, there's a t-shirt there. Um, there is a t-shirt there in the making, Giant Killer. Giant Killer. Are you hearing it? Are you hearing it? Giant Killer. All right. He's, he's got you. He says, I got you, Matthew. He's hearing me loud and clear. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. All right. Um, Kevin Niebling, he's, he's rolling with this one. Lower gas prices support the LBFTTQ movement. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. All right. Okay. Here we go. Dan Danielle Chapman. Our home is changing, changing since I've completely included my two sons, 11 and 7, in reading and praying. It's been really awesome. However, we slacked a bit this week, so thank you for the encouragement. Exactly. But you've got the boundary stones there. Now, how many times when we were in the church, I used to think this was a, a really bad thing, and it turned out to be that I was right, is that um, when it was worship time, often at Calvary Chapel, they would, before worship, they would send the children away into the children's group. So the children never grew up seeing their mother and father worship, singing, praying. That's a terrible witness. Children need to be there with worship. They need to be there as the word is being taught, not playing tomfoolery in the children's room, right? So, good. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Um, Karen Long, the pride flag omits the sixth color, indigo, which corresponds with Yahuwah's sixth spirit, knowledge, Isaiah 11.2. For lack of knowledge, my people are destroyed. Thank you, Karen. Good word, good word. Good word, good word. Hallelujah. Frenchy, Frenchy fire, Frenchy fire. All right. Shabbat Shalom, Brenda Robinson, and thank you for sending me. Um, I'm, I hope you're coming to Passover because I wanted to talk to you about the, um, the homesteading thingy. But anyway, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Giant killer, the horsepower of our faith. I love it. Thank you, guys. Look at you. You're a lot of action on the chat today. I've got you covered, giant killer at Torah to the tribes. Ah, Diesel Grandpa, you see, you've got to bring the pound feet of talk to Snohomish County. Thank you for bringing this message in terms I can understand. Yes, exactly, see. Cameron, Shabbat Shalom down there in Cali. Shabbat Shalom, Brother Matthew. I not only need an oil change, but also to dust off my filters. Thank you. Yes, yes, I need to dust off my filters too. Reminding us to set boundary stones. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Ah. Hackable humans, truth like Velcro. Yeah, I mean, somebody forward, forwarded me something this week from um, the W, is it the oh, World Economic Forum? And it's talking about hackable humans and basically how that basically 
double basically that that is what we've got right now so yeah you're you're right there truth like velcro truth like velcro truth like velcro Yeah, Shema Israel. the children's room is ridiculous. All they do in church is water down the world, the word, the world, <laughs> and dumb down the kids. Exactly. Yeah, I would not have my children be a part of that. Now, we do do um, Torah youth at Torah to the tribes, but they're getting the word in them. So that's important. It's important. But they can have community with their group, but we're going to be word-orientated. We're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about pound-feet of talk, getting that faith down into our, our daily walk and communion with one another. Shabbat shalom, Mama Goose. You had that baby yet? We always pray with our daughter every night before bed and we continue to do so. Exactly. Baruch Hashem Yahweh and the washing of the word daily as well and worship and song. Man, I need some good worship music though, you know? That's the problem. It's hard to find good worship music. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't really like the Christian worship music. It's too sappy for me. Um, and I have a hard time with the messianic stuff. It's too like, ring, ding, 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 you know, gypsy dancing and all that. I need something that, you know, um, so I listen to classical music, classical piano. Um, what was it we listened to on the way here? It was, um, it was the, um, it was the, the ordination, right? Ordination of the priesthood. What was it? Zadok the priest. Oh, that's good. And they've played that for many hundreds of years, possibly thousands, for the ordination of kings and priests, uh, kings and queens. I'll sing that. I'll belt that one out with the best of them. So I like that. But um, yeah, I need some good music. I really do worship. Um, who was it that we used to listen to? Well, we used to listen to Paul Wilbur. But that just reminds me too much of my messianic days. Then there was Lenny and Varda. Anyone listen to Lenny and Varda? Put that up in the chat. I think Lenny was, um, was from Liverpool, I believe. They were in Florida. They were on the cruise ships too, most probably with your mum and dad <laughs> back in the day. All right, anyway, focus, focus. Oh, you're due tomorrow. Mama Goose, all right. Hopefully you've got all sorted with your live life, live life claim and all that. Live life nativity so you can be free from mystery Babylon. Chopin is nifty. Oh, a little bit of Chopin, okay. James Block, all right, much more truth. All right, if my wife is watching, James Block, have a look at James Block. You've been binge listening. Put me up some more up there. Um, Bruce Edmonds, Talk to the Tribe Teacher. There we go. Yep. The LB, whatever it's called. James Block. Andy Rising. Okay, Tamara, if you're watching. Karen Long. Okay, we're getting some good ones. Marty Goetz. Actually, Marty Goetz, I remember. Yeah, let's see, that's some good stuff. Okay, okay. All right, we're going to have to... Maybe you put some links in here so we can um, find where this stuff is. That would be really helpful. Okay, because it's good to worship, is it not? It's good to worship Yahuwah. Jose, blessings, Brother Matthew. Would you agree that Abel's firstborn and fat offering was for meat consumption, being that its intended purpose for the, was 
for consumption according to Leviticus 18, verse 17. Mm, I don't know right now. Yeah, I'm kind of on a different train of thought. Sorry, brother. Oh, Giant Killer. Try the altar music. They got a new record coming out soon. It's very folky. What's it called? The altar music? <sighs> Andy Rising. Okay, all right. We're getting some, uh, getting some good stuff. Eight, uh, and Truth Hurts says, check out Ishan Burgundy. Ishan Burgundy. Do you know Ishan Burgundy? Good? Really good? Oh, he's a rapper. Really? Oh, really? Ishan Burgundy. All right, we'll check that out. All right, thank you, guys. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. I'll listen to some of that when I'm racing around. Racing around. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Remember, sign up, register for Passover in Oregon. If you can't make it to Oregon, then go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and find brethren in your local area worldwide over and gather with them at the feast. Whether you are in India, whether you are in Poland, the United Kingdom, Belgium, France, Ukraine. <gasps> Did he say Ukraine? Oh, you said Rick, you can't talk about Ukraine. Oh, no, it's Russia you're not allowed to talk about. Blooming Henry, right? Good night. Whether you're in Russia or Ukraine, it doesn't matter. Just celebrate the feasts and don't pay any attention to the New World Order if you can help it. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Oh, Brenda. We'll finish with Brenda Robinson. Brenda Robinson, I am planning to come to Oregon for Passover. Can anyone give me a lift from the Amtrak station? Of course I can. Just text me. Tell me what time you're coming in. And I, is your brother coming with you too? I'll pick you up at the station just like I did last time. And, um, yeah, I'd, uh, we can talk about the properties and whatnot. Um, super cool. Super cool. I'm so glad you're coming, Brenda. Blessings. And um, maybe have something to share like last time too because I love it when you speak to the brethren as well from your heart, sister. Um, Yahweh's blessings upon you. Keep me posted, and we will see you in a week and a half. And blessings to you all for hanging this long with this week's Torah portion, Zav Command. Give us some thumbs up. Bang them up right now. Bang them up. Subscribe to the ministry channel. And thank you so many of you for your financial support with your giving and your offerings. We are so blessed. Come and gather with us at the Feast of Yahweh. And Shabbat Shalom.